Hey guys, my name is Akshita. I'm a data analyst and a travel enthusiast. I'm Anand. I'm a finance bro and a tech geek. And you're listening to the Why Coordinate, the weekly podcast where we discuss the why behind human society and behavior. Lessons from pop culture and our own experiences to lead a more intentional, efficient, and happy life. Hi, Akshita. How are you? Hi, Nag. Third day in a row. How are you? Third day. I'm good. Always nice to hear your voice at this time of the day. Uh, so sweet. Uh, <laughs> so, any any new updates in the past twenty uh, four hours? Oh, uh, literally. all this is so much going on in my life right now this yeah so many updates but nothing mm. very um, significant it's just very small daggers mm. of stress going on around so yeah i will this is all like post podcast rant okay. sessions that i'll give you fair enough uh, mm. i have some sort of uh, rant session as well so two of my best friends are getting married this year Uh, a, a good friend of mine became a father a couple of months ago, and uh, he made me his daughter's godfather. Oh my god, that's the sweetest! <laughs> that's like the life. Like I think I have like two aims in life. One is to be like the maid of honor for someone, and one is to be like a godmother for someone. That's awesome! Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, this got me thinking about how, on one hand, my friends are getting married, having kids, doing all of that. and the other hand i am get, getting excited about uh, algorithms and monaco grand prix happening on such a time oh yeah <laughs> gave me a nice nice shot of existential but we can talk about it uh, later uh, today i like how this is like the perfect seg- segue for our <laughs> topic for today as well <laughs> yes uh, today we are graced and joined by reva uh, who also goes by rajdeep Uh, and Reva, first, uh, could you introduce yourself to our list? Uh, yeah, hey guys, Anag and Akshita, finally I'm here. <laughs> so, uh, okay, a little bit about me. So, I had a really uh, difficult slash different childhood since my father is in some kind of a government job, wherein he has to change base every couple of years. So, I never had a strong base which I can call home or a strong friend base. which internally made me a bit introverted as a person since i did not like i knew that these connections are going to be lost over over time but that is something that i crave for as well so that is the paradox that i live with um for my studies like so i changed six schools from grade 1 to grade 12 and then towards college that was the longest four years of my time that i spent at one place. so that was the time that i figured out who i am as a person talk to people realize what i like what i don't like and that, so that was it that's where i studied computer science and eventually i got into product management and i've stuck with it uh, till now and now yeah so now it's the most exciting part of my life i feel where i know that i that i tend to make that i will make lifelong connections i will basically make my own friend group call someone you know make my own family and just move on into this main direct stream of my life so i'm just really excited for that that's exciting and i like how your introduction kind of connects with our episode uh, from yesterday which we was not heard but um, about <laughs> so our last episode was about uh, you know high school being a very uh, you know traumatic slash the period of life where you kind of discover yourself and i like how 
And uh, I also like how you stuck with product management and like being extremely disloyal with <laughs> career choices <laughs> over the years. I've switched careers three times already in my, my fourth switch soon. Uh, yeah, but it's exciting to have you here, Reva. We, are, we know we are in for a very, very interesting discussion. Uh, Akshita has already sure. started before you started talking. So. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, let's... let's uh, Let's dive straight in. Uh, the topic that we have for today is why is finding a life partner so complicated in today's day and age? Uh, and get started, my first question to both of you is, how do you think the search for a life partner has kind of, the process of searching for a life partner has changed over the years across the generations? I mean, looking at our grandparents, parents, maybe, you know, uh, older cousin or people even even like in the past 10 15 years versus 2020 so i'll take this one so i was basically observing my parents and their you know friend group that they have especially in this time in lockdown covid where you need people to be around you and help you and it just stuck me that they have at least 10 to 15 different groups of people that they can just talk to communicate you know and you know their son is doing this their daughter is doing and when we think of ourselves at age 25, 26, 30, we barely have single digit number of people that we can, you know, dial back on or even ask what is, what is up in your life? What are you up to? So that is where I feel is the biggest difference. The amount of real network that our parents have and eventually that they can dial back on that, okay, I have my daughter and she's of marriage. You have a son. I don't think we will ever be in this position when we reach uh, or when we become parents where we can just fall back on our circle and say, hey, you need to date him or you need to at least talk to him. And, you know, so that is something. And the other bit that I feel is vastly different from our parents is the amount of apps, the, the internet matchmaking groups that are present. And uh, just on the on your fingertips, right? It's just like grass is greener on the other side. Like why stick to one person when you can just go out with and just have so many different flavors in your life? Like who, who sticks with vanilla for long? Yeah. So that's what I feel are the two biggest, biggest changes uh, when you compare our parents' generation and now. Yeah, I mean, um, what I feel about this is throughout the generations. So I'm going to talk very specific to what I've seen, which is like the Indian culture. Um, when you talk about like the grandparents or like, you know, um, three generations older, it was, there wasn't that much of a choice that a lot of people had. It was, um, yeah, my family has a daughter, your family has a son, they're of manageable age, as uh, Reva said, and, you know, kind of let's talk about getting them together and get them together. Um, so at such situations, at least what I've seen, I don't know, they might differ from regions to regions in India, but majority majorly what I have noticed is there wasn't much of a choice that was happening. Many of them met for the first time on like their wedding day, which is, which is such an interesting concept for our generation because we can never imagine that. Um, cut to our parents' generation, I think they still had a little bit more of a choice where they could, you know, go to matrimony sites or like newspapers where, you know, ads used to come out saying that this is my bio data and like feel free to reach me uh, reach out to me and you still could choose right you had like five different options and then you could go meet them and try to get to know more about them and then try to choose one so it was also kind of a structured way of uh, finding a group or uh, finding a life partner but also you had a certain level of choice um, then cut to our generation I don't think there's like a structure when you look at it 
uh, in an overview, Reva mentioned we have technology at our fingertips. There are so many dating apps. There are so many people, not even dating apps, just people you meet. There's so much network that's happening. You meet friends, you meet friends, friends, mutuals. You um, either you look at dating apps. You don't even have to look at dating apps. Like right now, Instagram, which is like a normal social media um a uh, normal way of social media is also used for finding like uh, life partners so i feel like there's no structure in this generation but then there is so much choice and there's so much autonomy where you can make your own decisions and for the lack of words it's rave i use flavors you can so you can try all the flavors and then choose the one you like um yeah i think that's how i believe like the search for a life partner has changed over generations. And, uh, and just to add to that, yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was just uh, asking a follow-up question. And do you feel that uh, the the qualities or traits that people would look out for in a potential bride across the uh, that has also changed both in terms of what men look for in wives? Um, yeah, I think so, and I think that has a lot of lot to do with society and what society at that point wanted you. to have in a life partner versus now society tells you to be uh, empowered and choose what you prefer and what your personal preferences are and what your choice so yeah i think in our older generation it was more about um, the way basic things right status religion caste um, where does he or she work what does that family do what's their kind of social standing in this village or this town um versus now we look at what are your interests what are your hobbies what are your future life plans um how compatible people are together so i think it's definitely there's a very huge difference in what factors or what are the traits you look at uh, what about I, you i continue her yeah so what i feel like growing up in our generation she explained very well about our parents and our grandparents so look at us like growing up when we are like toddlers we want to be the best kids in the class we want to be the kid that mossa mossi is an extended family people so look at him he's a, he's playing chess or they they play tennis they do so many things they play piano beta why don't you sing for us and you want to be the, the person who impresses everyone that's when you're growing up then you hit puberty that's when you find out who, who is this special person by proximity so they may be in your tuition class they may be around you so your circle is very small you're only looking at the people in your class the people who maybe share the same sport as you right and then when you grow further you go into college that's when you realize when the, for the first time when freedom mixes with responsibility so that is when you know that okay i can talk to anybody whoever i want and uh, the grades are in my control what i do that my time is in my control so that is when our understanding of who we or what we like what we dislike as a person and mostly people tend to go through their first heartbreaks during that period of time right that is when you make your first set of rules okay this i did x and y happened to me so i'm never going to go back and do x again so those very basic flavors of rules come into our mind then we grow up further we start earning we start you know putting up our base we start making our own life and that's when we realize okay maybe what i understand about myself is not a complete picture of myself when you do a little bit of self reflection right so what i feel is once we make our first filter criteria that this is what i like and this is what i don't like eventually we just tend to build up on that filter criteria and when we are ready to find a partner is when we have made peace with ourselves 
okay even though i am possessive i know that is my criteria i am possessive now i need to find someone who can either fit with that or maybe improve on that further but that's not going to change so basically you are in touch of, of the reality that this is who i am as a person and this is what i'm looking for so i just feel it's all about getting that filter criteria right which which works for you and that can be different for everyone and once you have it then it's all about just matching the right person uh, true reva i agree with you and <clears throat> so one thing that, so a i feel like in 2021 uh, the way people find like partners also kind of varies based on uh, whether you live in a metropolitan like a smaller town what kind of socio economic class or religion you know that sort of society sub section of society you come from and for the kind of circle that all of us come from where you know uh, it's mostly going to be as in the indian terminology of marriage not, not even if it's not a love marriage like i've, I've seen this concept of where basically the the bride and the groom are choosing their partners on by themselves it's not like parents are arranging they might not have been theoretically in a relationship or love quote unquote uh but but the other aspect of it it is people still go through kind of like the arranged marriage and there i feel uh the, the things that you mentioned in my opinion are definitely more important as as factors for determining the success or failure of a relationship which is your different attitudes and uh, you know the outlook towards life whether that's compatible or not but when you look look at arranged marriage marriages and typically arranged marriages are basically like uh you look at someone on paper you have their sort of bio data which is like a detailed it's more like a resume along with some uh, details of the family and and horoscopes into that based off of just based off of that you have to make an assessment and uh one thing that i always have found extremely bizarre about this process apart from the horoscope matching is that i mean they they look at people's uh, like you mentioned extracurriculars that or oh, this and um this is especially true of like potential brides than grooms because for potential grooms the only thing that really matters is what is their paycheck and for women it's like or oh, she or oh, she cooks or oh, she uh makes very beautiful artwork or oh, she you know learns uh, uh indian classical dance or so some something along those lines and what i fail to understand is how is the fact that she knows how to cook or learn knows how to perform kathak or you know play the violin going to determine the success or failure of like my my marriage with person like that that is absolutely not a determining factor at all but that is given so much importance especially in kind of yeah um so that's what what i was trying to come to arranged marriages are not about getting two compatible people together it's about trying to get maximum skill set in one like if that makes any kind of sense whatsoever you will not know if you are compatible with a person if that person is a stranger you will not know unless you've spent a few days weeks months together and even after that there are situations where you lose compatibility but in arranged marriages you look at what are the skills that you can probably gain and how you can which is completely bizarre which makes no sense whatsoever for a life partner situation like it's not even like you're doing hobbies together right like if if it was a situation where you play the violin and i love listening to um like someone play the violin or i love playing the violin as well and then you have something mutual that's completely different but in a situation where someone else is just having like a list of five things that i excel at it's 
it's a resume and it makes no sense it's like applying for a job with a resume of a consultant to a job profile of a chef like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever so i'm as confused as you are and more than confused i get kind of irritated with it like if anyone around me talks about this i'm the first one to like jump up and say hey listen like this is nonsense like explain to me how someone who knows how to cook or fine cooking is still something that people like to do together or it's like something to survive so at one point i still understand that but things like what you mentioned that person knows how to dance or is like creative how does that help so yeah i'm this was my personal rant session i am sorry please continue <laughs> no no that's okay so i just happened to watch that show indian matchmaking on netflix so what anand just said right ye hobbies uh, the person should have these hobbies the person should be like this fair tall five six so i feel for people who haven't um, experimented enough going out by themselves these are the usually the kind of people at least naraj who end up going for interviews right i'm too busy running my job i'm too busy uh, running two companies i have a startup etc etc why don't you just find me a partner right that's just a step of life that i want to take so what i feel is when they come up with these criteria that i want someone who plays violin or who knows how to cook that they're very mediocre but they're filter criteria in india that's what they're looking for or on paper they feel these five things will make me happy it doesn't matter who has those five things so i just feel that that's maybe one way of looking i mean having that as a filter criteria okay fine if you're looking for someone who plays the violin maybe because i mean Yeah, I think it's extremely bizarre if you don't play the violin, but you're looking for someone like that's like such a specific criteria. But I was talking more on the other sense where just the fact that you play the violin should be some sort of bonus point, so it should make you a valuable candidate in the arranged marriage market, so to speak. That that part yeah. I don't understand at all. Okay, but, Even I don't uh, understand it, but I think it's also in a way that most, as Reva said, that when there is an arranged marriage, it's mostly like. Okay, fine. I don't have the time to find someone for myself. Let like okay, you find someone for me. So when you don't have a preference, you kind of just look for the best case scenario. And right now, society tells us the best case scenario is the number of um experiences you've had, the number of successes you've had, the number of things you know how to do, etc., etc. If if that makes sense. Plus, I think it gives the parents and the arranged marriage a, a kind of it's a societal kind of um, it gives them brag points that yes. Uh, he knows or x y z and all those things so they've been to 62 countries it just gives them brag points because you eventually don't know enough about the person to talk about them right that this person faced so and so many hardships and that's why he's here you just don't know that you basically would know their their pay package what they are how they look like and what they know so that's what they'll talk about so again <laughs> filter criteria and it's very basic i think yeah i i guess bragging points summarizes it really really well i think that is uh, okay let's move on to now like people's perception of what they want in a partner how do you think that changes over time from like i guess i want to start with teens because that's when you start thinking about it before that I'd, like at least i personally stayed away from uh, i feel like before that you don't you don't think about these things so teens to like your undergrad to uh, slightly later years like do you think people from in terms of what people look for their in their potential partner interest infatuation or crush the, the crush that people have uh, change, uh, over time or priorities what do you prioritize in every guy remembers the first teacher they had a crush on every girl remembers the first guy who looked different in their circle 
that feeling is very basic it's very physical it's very basic that's the first time you experience okay something is changing inside of me my legs are changing what's happening i'm sweating looking at that guy and you know the, the very basics and like we just discussed in undergrad or in school when you you can do more than that you instead of just staring at a person you can actually go and talk to them you can maybe have a coffee with them you don't think too much right you don't plan your entire life together i don't think that happens nowadays um then eventually from conversation starts maybe spending more time together where you know that you have your shit together right spending more time with these or a set of people doesn't mean that you're not doing anything in your life you reach that kind of responsibility slash freedom in your life where you feel that yes i know how my work life balance works and i can just manage my time and do the best with everything that i can that's when you start uh, like akshita also said earlier spending days months with them right you go out on trips with those people and then slowly and steadily you realize what you like and what they like right sometimes it converges and sometimes it doesn't right some people are not meant to stay forever but then you just learn those lessons which again then help you find the other better compatible partner and then so on and so forth till the time you feel that okay this is it and i'm just happy with this and i don't care how how do we grow like i might get some other interest or the other person might get another interest but eventually we'll just find our way back together when once you get that feeling that irrespective of what external factors change internally your value system is aligned i think that is what i would call as a life partner in 21st century um yeah i'm just going to talk from your teens to early 20s phase because that's where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um, yeah yeah i think what i think reva kind of like very beautifully summarized it like when you start off you kind of start feeling whatever you start feeling like looking at the opposite gender opposite sex when you're in your teens and that's basically also to do a lot with your hormones like hormones raging and i think this is also a cut to yesterday's uh, our previous podcast conversation about like how how school is also one of the places that you start feeling things and like relationships and just hormones raging anyways so yes crush you i think at that point you just look at someone and yeah i feel like when you're a teenager the first thing you look at are the looks you don't go for interest personality uh you know the more deeper things like uh, are you compatible do you want the same things or not etc nobody cares about that you look good you look cute i like you that's basically how it is and as reva very very clearly very correctly said you stare right this is a very crush thing to do you look at a crush and you stare at that crush which is damn creepy not that i say it but it is what it is and then when you kind of get out of that teenager stage and you become more confident and you realize that okay fine the next step is to talk to these people and not just stare you talk and then you kind of um understand how the other person is and yeah i think very i think reva completely like took what i was feeling about it and said it right okay uh, my take on this and you guys can chime in after i finish my 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 <laughs> but i feel like yes ag- agreeing with both of you when we start when you are still hormones you don't have a lot of it's basically attracted by someone's physical looks and adding to that i also feel like when you're in sort of high school to starting years of undergrad you're also attracted to whatever is like the shiniest diamond in the lot so for example if someone is extremely popular extremely visible uh in using cl- clichés from american hollywood movies like the jock or the uh the 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 alpha female that that's sort of like if someone has higher visibility if everyone knows that but you feel attracted to that 
kind of stuff. Then when you get to kind of like un- late undergrad to like your 20s, early 30s type of phase, that's when you start really valuing compatibility in terms of like your thoughts and your outlook on life. And, you know, some people go as far as like philosophy and this and that. And then, and then so, like if even at that point of time, once you start hitting your 30s, you still haven't, you know, settle down maybe you've gone through a lot of relationships they've broken down because in terms of ideologies you might agree but then in terms of lifestyle in terms of where you are uh, stability in, in like your career that those kind of things if there are clashes then things don't work out so then then you again start valuing what traditionally parents would value in sort of like the indian arranged marriage whether you know you've got your life sorted um where you've got a stable career you've got a house that, that sort of a thing. it kind of becomes there where you know actual compatibility of ideas like for example whether you believe in uh, uh, some sort of political like your political ideology might not exactly match or those kind of things become more superfluous compared to whether you know you're stable and you kind of have your shit together that's kind of my take what, what do you guys feel i i'll i'll go okay yeah you're right so what i feel is you need to be at a very secure space with yourself before you invite this this person slash responsibility into your life right if if your loved one's mood goes off and you are in under pressure it will affect you no matter how much you say okay okay i'll be able to finish my work and then i'll handle this it will their presence will affect you in, in the good moods and in the bad moods so to handle that you need to tell yourself that okay i will deal with the good shit and the bad shit and to deal with that you need to be sorted with yourself at least i'm not saying 110 20% sorted but you would need to know some kind of plan that you're following right that your life is not in shambles because somebody else is in shambles i think that that becomes a very important uh, piece when you enter into a relationship in your 30s right you cannot um, just randomly change your life plan anymore right your your person is traveling to maybe australia for a degree and if australia is never ever going to be in your cards you you would need to come straight you would have to have that difficult conversation and say that we are never going to merge and this doesn't look good so it is deal breaking and heartbreaking but i think that kind of clarity comes when you yourself know what kind of path you're going to be on if not for your whole life at least for the next couple of years five years or around the time where you would think that i would want to start my family by this time by this age so i would say it comes down to some kind of milestones that everybody should have what do you think akshita mm, yeah i mean i haven't reached there in life <laughs> too too far um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no it definitely does make sense in any kind of stable relationship um you start shifting away from the more um, superficial things into the deeper things about you know um as anup mentioned stability and um the more important things maybe not to the level of you know what your uh, example for example as you mentioned the political affiliations i mean i haven't even reached that kind of part in any relationship i've had ever yet Okay. All right, okay. moving on. Uh my next question is um do you think this sort of the search for a life partner relationship in general uh is varies across like cultures and geography especially in the west which is Uh, you know indian nation culture so i think anak you are like the best person to answer this because unfortunately reva and i have been limited to our indian uh, cultures and societies but you since you have you know lived in various countries various different kinds of societies and ways of dating as i would like to call it because that's what it is um mm-hmm. maybe you are the best person to kind of enlighten okay. us with your experiences 
fair enough. So uh, I think it it starts from like middle school, high school itself. Where like for example, in India, obviously uh, for the most part, dating in like school is completely frowned upon, and most parents have this sort of ideology and mindset that you know, it distracts from the true purpose of studying and getting into a good exam. Again, throwback to the screwed up Indian education. Uh, whereas in the West, uh, dating is actually encouraged. Uh, parents will actually drive their children to dates and pick them up from there. So they sort of, you know, getting to know people uh, that starts much early on uh, compared to in India, where I think undergrad is when it truly becomes like when you get more freedom, that's when you start. So that is one difference. Second is, of course, there's no concept of an arranged marriage at all. So if you're not able to find someone who's interested in you or to get to date you, you will essentially remain single even through your 30s and 40s and other sort of negative stereotype of you know being single at 35, staying in your parents' basement, that sort of a thing. Uh, but on the flip side, again, uh, because dating is sort of the only way to find a potential partner, uh, anyone and everyone is mostly willing to date like for example in india i feel like uh, there's this sort of still this mindset where uh, people and especially ones that come from more conservative families they don't think about dating at all even they get the opportunities and then eventually just goes goes back to like sort of an arranged marriage um, in terms of how you know looking for a life partner varies i feel like in the west it's it's more about it's more about Again, the internal things of ideologies, lifestyle, that sort of matching. Whereas in India, I still feel everything said and done. Uh, you know, uh, those those things that Akshita mentioned at the start of you know what what not only what the, do the guy and girl fits the state relationship we're talking about involved, but their families as well. What do their siblings do? What do their families do? Uh, all the way up to like grandparents and and that sort of thing, like family. Is, is still a big part, even when you talk about like love marriages and stuff like that. Whereas in the West, uh, the in-laws rarely interact with each other and people don't really care. And that also kind of goes back to the episode we had with Abhishek Warrior about, you know, communal versus individualistic societies because the societies in India are more communal. So families are a big part. Like uh, there's a Bollywood movie called Two States. And then that is, they say that, you know, in India, it's not just, a connection between two people it's two families so that 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 thing is very very prevalent irrespective of how you eventually end up one. getting uh, end up getting married uh, so so that is like a key difference in terms of like now dating and relationships or dating through like these sort of like these apps and stuff i feel like we are actually coming very close especially if we talk about like metropolitan cities in india they uh, in terms of dating trends and you know, people's move towards having kind of relationships and all of that. I think that's that's coming very, very close to like Western cultures, Western society. One thing where I feel there is a difference is the average age of people getting married. I feel like in Western countries, it's actually moving towards the lower end of the spectrum. Like I have more friends from Western societies who are now married. And I can barely think of my friends from India who are married at this age. So like the age of getting married in India is now getting pushed to almost like 30s become the average age. Whereas in Western societies, I think it's more towards like 25, 26. So that's that's like a, a difference, which is a complete shift from what it used to be, maybe a previous generation of the generation for that, probably like in our grandparents' generation, you know, people were married off when they were just, so yeah, that those are like my... 
I didn't know that the average median age has shifted in the Western countries. Why do you think that is though? Uh, so I feel that, you know, people need time to, like you said, discover yourself, figure out, you know, doing X does, leads to Y and whether that's a desirable outcome or not. And I think it goes back to the fact that in Western countries, people start dating earlier. So they get through that sort of experience, that, that, that feedback loop of what works, what doesn't work sooner. So they get to that stage where they're confident, like when they meet someone and they're confident that this will work out, they get to that stage sooner. Whereas in India, because you start dating later, uh, it takes you longer to get to that stage is one. And second, I feel like getting to a stage in life where you feel that you're secure professionally in terms of your career, uh, that is harder. Whereas people get to that mm-hmm. that stable phase sooner in the Western countries. And that's again, down to uh, the supply demand gap of jobs and career. Okay, my next question is, do you think movies and TV shows have influenced the way people look for life? If so, how? Akshita, you want to take this one? Um, yeah, I was just thinking about uh, I actually don't know if uh, movies and TV shows have a significant impact on how at least I look at, you know, relationships or how to find a life partner. Because uh, most of the media or like most of the TV shows, the movie shows I consume are from like the Western um, culture. And as we just spoke about it, it's a very different way of, you know, um, dating again, for the lack of better words. Uh, as it is in our uh, culture and our society right now. Um, it's very common to see 17-year-olds and 16-year-olds having boyfriends and girlfriends and like, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever works for them, getting pregnant or getting in situations where um, they are unsure of what to do. And then they end up getting married. And for them, that's the right my life partner. But that's circumstantial. And that's only because of a certain situation. And you see this in a lot of movies, right? You see situations like this. Or you meet someone. And in India, you spend a, or you're expected to spend some amount of time before you make such a decision. Versus I believe in movies and TV shows. They show that, you know, within months or sometimes in like very short spans of time, people are just like, yeah, this is the one, which I personally don't uh, agree with. You do not know this is the one in three months. And even though a lot of us have made the same mistakes of thinking that, oh, this is the one in three months, um, that's not how it works. So I think in a way it does show like the glamour of relationships or like the glamour of, you know, finding the right life partner and how amazing things are and everything. But also there are very few shows that show like the difficult sides of this, the tougher sides of finding a life partner, you know, what to do when you aren't compatible with like the one person you really are comfortable with and you want to spend uh, a lot of your time with, etc. etc. So yeah, for me, I'm not sure if it has like a significant impact or if it kind of affects the way I look at it, but it does kind of have a perspective. I'll, I'll add to that point. So uh, how in India, people may or may not watch news. Everybody will see movies, right? And we have our Salu Bhai ripping off his shirt, dancing, and there's like music in the background. Girls are swooning, Ranveer Singh, right? And we have women who quote so much from friends. Any conversation will not end without a friend's quote. So they've dramatic, dramaticized so much that they want a, a, 
a monica changler relationship right like no matter what happens this is my go to person we never fight and uh, or or the drama that was there between ross and rachel but eventually they did end up together even though they used to fight a lot one of them cheated and they ended up together so that somehow fits in this generation which rewatches and rewatches episodes like friends or big bang theory and when i speak to a couple of my friends who are from a prestigious indian institute of technology in india and they there are barely any women on campus right so when do you date so at least the rest of us who date during our undergrad days they don't even have that advantage so for them watching so much and coming out into the real world and finding out that women are not that easy to talk to right just because a hero in the movie is not letting it go and he's just following the girl everywhere around and the girl eventually gives in and the quoted phrase hasi to fasi if she laughs she's yours um it doesn't really work in in the real world right so i i do think uh, for people who eventually do gain some real world experience they know that okay this is drama and this is real life but for others who are suddenly thrown into the world where this is life now go live it and they ne- have never had their proper experience before i think it does leave a mark on on, on their brains where even i've heard guys saying that indian girls are not easy right or asian girls are not easy or they are easy to you know dominated which is a very like wh- how did you form this view it's basically what you've been watching for so many oh uh, yeah i agree i think oh yeah what i was also trying to say in like i was all over the place i think but what you mentioned was that movies and tv shows kind of rom- romanticizes this entire finding a life partner kind of thing and but like once you realize that hey this is not as easy as it like these movies and shows makes it look then you kind of figure your way out yeah okay so i'll address both of your points on my one so ashita you mentioned that in uh, especially high school coming of age most people if it's like the romance genre people will get together and like they become uh like the final life partner i agree with you that is completely like that's a very stupid way to go about it uh like most recently the ps i love you ps to all the boys i've loved series laura jean gets eventually married to peter kravinsky who's her first boyfriend in high school and uh, again that's not very realistic because even if people uh get married as high school sweethearts the divorce rates for those kind of marriages is extremely high and the reason for that that's is right. people people haven't had the opportunity to kind of experiment and they committed too soon and then like in their 30s they sort of have bias so that is one thing that you know i think movies and tv shows get extreme the second thing yes coming to your point uh, ariva south indian movies do it the worst and and then bollywood movies from the northern part of india do it a little better and then western movies but all three of them have this sort of a uh, problem of showing that you know if you persistently follow a girl around in south indian movies like i've i've seen a few uh, tamil movies with like english subtitles and literally like the guy will stalk the girl like he'll go at the bus stop and you know keeps creepingly staring at her for a few days and then like after 3 days that girl is hers like completely like and and that's the kind of programming that these guys go through i was in my undergrad there was i was mentioning it in the last episode that i had so many guys coming from the southern part of india who'd grown up in all boys schools so their first interaction with women was in this undergrad and their idea of dating and approaching women was from these movies so basically they just talked women and that's how they thought they'd get it so it was it came to them as a huge shock indian movies do that as well um i, I there's this creator called captain sinbad on youtube and he made this funny video called when indian men fall in love so he spoofs this bo- very very popular a-list bollywood movie called mehunayan and that like this guy who just creepily follows the girl around 
and then in hollywood movie it's not so much as talking but it's about being persistent we touched upon this with that topic about the uh, friend zone with dhruv where hollywood movies and tv shows make you feel that you know if you're really interested in a girl and she friend zone you friend zones you you keep being persistent keep doing nice things for her and eventually she'll come around and that is again extremely like i don't think it's it's reality uh, and that sort of you know wrong idea ideology is being fed to like guys and they they act on that so on on that that front i feel that it's wrong on the flip side i also feel that you know you have all these dreamy um, romcom movies get towards uh, female audiences so where you you'll generally have like the female protagonist being fairly average so that every audience member can relate and identify with that person and then the male love interest is going to be extremely extremely almost be in terms of being how competent uh in terms of what he does in the relationship and teenage girls especially who grow up on a steady diet of those kind of milson bone novel or like for example the 50 shades of gray scene like look at the the like i i fail to understand why a character as accomplished as christian gray would fall for like a character like anastasia steel who has nothing extraordinary about her she's like literally an average uh but so these kind of media uh franchises get towards or even twilight for that matter why is edward cullen so interested in bella character uh they put across this sort of unachievable expectations in girls for their like male partners and then over time again all of these wrong perceptions break over time as you actually experience the real thing but initially especially for people who don't have a lot of experience in exposure to the real world i feel it paints a very very wrong uh, that's that's very well said and to add to your point of this highly cinematic view of you know this overachiever guy and just your average every girl so what i feel is they also try to put it into the women's mind that it is your one true love the one guy that you will you'll meet who will change your life uh, make all your dreams come true so eventually when women do go out and date and they find that the maybe let's not say the one let's say point 3 for for her she she will not let go of that person because she knows that okay i am in love and this is the idea of love i'm not i'm not going to leave my point 3 i'm going to turn it into a one maybe you can't increase point 7 points right maybe you just need to let go but the idea of having difficult conversations in especially in in the context of women uh, how do you let go of a person without hurting their feelings and without sounding like a bitch right i'm not i'm not just saying anything because i'm a bitch because that's that's what i feel so i think there there's just a a a division on an axis where either you're very soft spoken demure girl or you are a bold you know a bold person who guys can't reach you and you you can play the power dynamics i think it needs to it needs to align and i think cinema has a has a big role yeah i agree with both. i think we are all like kind of seeing the same thing Uh, I already made my point, Anna. Don't laugh. I can see you laugh. I already mentioned the same thing about like rom- uh, romanticizing um, this entire concept, and and as you, Anna, you mentioned that it kind of breaks as and when you actually start experiencing. Uh, but initially, it has this very misconception or this wrong perception of how life, how how easy or how glamorous this entire you know finding a suitable boy or girl for you is. Okay, let's move to the meat or like the titular question of today's episode. Why do you think picking a life partner in today's day? And I know we alluded to it a little bit, but let's try to. Okay, um... I, I'll take this one and then probably. Okay, so I feel um, 
look look at the ads that we see right uh, there's something happening on mintra all the time you'll get like 100 alerts in the, something's new new is up you just bought a dress buy another one right oh you just ate this there is buy one get one so it's not just shopping it's not just meal it's not just it's everywhere there is this constant feeding frenzy created around us that if you're not running forward you're basically not doing anything right and that idea of rat race has been copied everywhere because that's what that's what pushes businesses right if people stop wanting businesses die and this constant need of want and the the idea never settles right that's one plus is motto never settle right and you basically are so impatient you if you're like okay i'm putting in efforts this is not working i'm out I, I i'll just put this effort somewhere else right you give up easily and you always know if you go for one person there are 1000 or 1000 more people out there you will never feel that satisfaction that okay i am with the one no maybe i'm with a point 7 i might find the one i should just go out and maybe look for it then of course our busy lifestyle right i i'm in a 9 to 5 i don't have time to date so let me just you know, swipe around and let's just have fun and i'll just think about it when i want to get married why think about it now i i i just don't have that much brain power and then i think the last bit that i feel why it's so difficult is just rounding off everything looking at the movies looking at our parents and grandparents how the relationships have lasted so long over 30 40 years and you see relationships around you they break every one year two year even the couples that you thought would last right so eventually there's this notion in your brain that what is true love and even if it is love will it last so why should i invest that much time and energy if i do not even know i would get that same intensity back or after this will i be able to heal or not so i just feel is it's just the culmination of all this what do you guys think um yeah i think okay so my points would be i think we spoke about this in uh, the episode that we had with ongi about uh, relationships like friendships but i think this applies to relationships as well that they require time right and they require effort and energy it's not a small thing and it's not something that you can figure out in a few months whether this person is a life partner or someone you can be with for the rest of your life and i think Uh, in this day and age a lot of us are extremely busy especially this generation everyone's trying to figure out their careers their education and we honestly don't have the time and the patience to actually put in the effort required uh, for it at least in this age uh, obviously when you reach your early 30s like late 20s or early 30s you kind of get into a stable environment where you are looking for the next step which is marriage or which is kind of settling down with somebody but i think because of the lack of time and patience and you know the commitment required to make things work that is one of the reasons why i think it is difficult you know to find like the perfect one these days um i also think that it has a lot to do with you know what you what are your in, like what is what matters to you the most um that needs to work like if i think see if, if you are someone who requires someone who is trustworthy or someone who is respectful and patient and those are your only core qualities that you want in a person um it takes a while to kind of identify these core qualities in anybody so and because we have so much choice available to us it kind of gets overwhelming and because there is so much choice at the first sign of something not working out you are ready to move forward to the next one you 
and this this movement from one person to the other person because you're not able to give enough time or because there's so much choice and you're like okay fine there is someone else that i can move on to it kind of you know kills the entire concept of spending time with one person and getting to know that person so i think this is also a kind of uh, factor of why it's so difficult to find out because moving like moving on from relationships and meeting more and more people but not actually building those uh, core relationship connection um yeah i think for now that's kind of what i have i honestly don't have anything to add you guys have covered everything to summarize it i'd say we have too many options not enough time and very high expectations and now coming to the final question which is what are some things people should consider when looking okay so i have a mantra that i follow so this is this is how it goes so i'll explain it to you so it is go for the person that you want but not need right suppose you have a need you need cuddles or you need love the minute that need will will get fulfilled you will move on to the next one right i need someone who is economically stable the minute you make that money you will move on to the next right so your needs are ever changing but what you want is your quality your like what akshita just said your your value system right you want someone who is polite no matter what they have a shitty day at work they have shitty day at home but they will never yell right your values once you align with your values and go for that because values don't t- tend to change every now and then so that's what i feel so that's the mantra that i follow don't go f- go for the person who fills your needs but gives you what you want and just stick with that person even if things go bad since you have the same value system you will eventually make your way towards each other and just hmm um i mean you guys should tell me the answer i should not be telling you all his answer i'm like too young to <laughs> give all this kind of intellectual advice to people with what backing i don't know but uh, yeah uh, what the few things i think that are kind of important is as uh, reva said having the same core values and i also think having the same um interests in a way because eventually you're spending a life together right you it's very difficult to do things together if you don't have um similar interests and for me a relationship is generally basically doing stuff together even if you're just existing together like after a long day at work sitting together and just not doing anything as well but you need to have something in common to last the rest of your life so i think kind of that it values and interests and um, that's all your 23 year old girl can come up with <laughs> and and i think lockdown did test a lot of limits for like people who just stayed indoors had no distractions no uh, no shopping marts no shopping that you can just go out and do chit chat with your neighbors i think that's when the real test happened and now uh, some people have added this to their instagram stories as well find the love who you can spend million lockdowns with so i think that's something that we can go for <laughs> what a quote what a quote <laughs> very true okay so like most things i don't have any original ideas when it comes to this uh, question i i read an article in 2013 by one of my favorite authors i keep mentioning all the time uh, from the blog called wait but why and it's a two part article about it, it's literally titled how to pick your life partner and the first one talks about you know why people rush into relationships and basically the reasons for jumping into a marriage some people are driven by fear some people are driven by societal expectations etc etc i'll not dive deep further into that i do recommend you know people check out both parts but the second part of the article talks about you know what you should look for in uh, um, 
successful manager in like a potential and there are three points i'll read all three of them and like one by one and like you guys tell me if you can remember those are literally what i have yeah. to say so the first thing he says is that you know when you people talk about relationships and marriage uh human function is human happiness is not like broad sweeping strokes kind of like you know you your life is a picture but you live in a pixel so it's not like marriage like quoting him he says uh if we want to find a happy marriage we need to think small we need to look at marriage up close it's built not out of anything poetic but out of 20000 mundane wedges marriage isn't the honeymoon in thailand it's day 4 of vacation number 56 that you take together marriage is not celebrating the closing of the deal on the first house it's having dinner in that house for the 4386th time and it's certainly not valentine marriage is forgettable when is day together uh, so that's where he starts it and he says the first thing you need is an epic friendship uh, your thing should pass the traffic test which is whenever i finish hanging out with someone and one of us is driving the other person back home i find myself rooting for traffic that's how much i enjoy spending time with them uh, passing the traffic test includes a great sense of humor no one wants to spend 50 years fake laughing fun and the ability to extract fun out of unfun situations a respect for each other's brains and way of thinking and like akshita said a decent number of common interests activities and people what do you guys yeah, feel i it? think that the idea of those uh, the 4000 dinner that just struck a chord with me because that is so true you you're not going to cook something random out of the blue every day at basic level two two souls need to just be full around each other i think and maybe i i do have another another uh, thing to say here there's something called comfortable silence right if you're with someone and the person is not talking it will start bothering you after a bit why is that person not talking is, is that person mad at me did i do something wrong but there's something called comfortable silence where two people can just be in a hall be in a room uh, the other person might be on their kindle on their laptop doing anything or maybe not even doing anything maybe just staring at the ceiling for n- no matter but it will not bring that anxiety in you you will you will still be fine you will just be like you can just initiate a conversation maybe not just coexist together it doesn't have to be co-inhabiting in one bubble but just coexist but um yeah i agree this is what i was saying when i was saying that um, just existing without doing anything um which that uh, the author has kind of beautifully put up to show that it's not um it's not always a honeymoon period like your marriage is not going to be the way it is whatever it is literally spending your own life whole life together and there will be f- most of it is the normal routine life and that's what you should be looking at and you should not be looking at the glamorous aspects of it and yeah the friendship part i think this is something i wanted to say but i kind of missed out a uh, friend having the base concept or like the base foundation of being great friends or being able to talk to each other or just being comfortable around each other is something so important even if your values match even if your interests match if you're not able to talk about it or if you're not able to be comfortable around it or if you're not able to joke about it have fun about it there is nothing so it kind of all is interlinked and kind of ties together even if one of these things are missing then it kind of becomes different. and okay, i do Anna. feel after the honeymoon period sometimes maybe you never go through the honeymoon period at all right you just saw the other person as a genuine average human being and love just grows over time i think those that is a different kind of relationship that we are not we've not talked about but i think yeah that also exists maybe the person doesn't vow you all together but after spending a lot of time you you just can't be around anyone else because that's 
how comfortable you are with them so i, I would just say life is hard our hearts will get broken but eventually we should just be able to you know have the power that i will not mend myself because somebody brought me roses somebody gave me a chocolate cake on valentine i am okay with myself but because you're here is just better i i would just feel if we are at that stage i i don't think there's anyone hurt true true yeah. i think the example you mentioned of you know love growing over time is kind of how i think arranged marriages become, become successful or have become sort of partner obviously over time okay uh, the second point he says is a feeling of home so if someone told you you had to sit in a chair for 12 straight hours without moving um aside from wondering why the hell you were making uh, why they were making you do this your first thought would i'd better get in the most comfortable position possible because you know that even the slightest bit of discomfort would lead to pain and eventually torture uh when you have to do something for a long long time it's best to be supremely comfortable and when it comes to marriage a perpetual discomfort between you and your partner can become a permanent so a few things need to be in place the first is um trust and security second is natural chemistry interaction should be interacting should be easy and natural and energy level should be in the same vicinity um acceptance of human flaws you're flawed like really flawed and so is your current or future life partner being flawed is the definition of being a human um and one of the worst fates would be to spend most of your life being criticized for your flaws and being reprimanded for continuing to have them and then a generally positive vibe uh remember this vibe is part of you now forever mm. yep i mean <laughs> I, i love the word vibe I just love the word vibe. How he's used that vibe. Vibe doesn't as well, right? Like exactly. values. Um, but that doesn't essentially mean that an extrovert should only go out with an ex uh, or an mm-hmm. introvert should only date an introvert. I feel that like they show in movies sometimes opposite opposites do attract. But again, there has to be some kind of common ground. Or you know, you would be okay that I'm just gonna go out with my friends. My better half is gonna stay home. But when I come back, we're gonna have something special that we spend. or something that we watch together if you can just balance it out i i feel it would work but yeah you again it is i think coming in touch with the reality of who you are and at the base level what you will like or what you won't like and if this happens that that's the deal i think if we just get to that level of understanding and maturity and discussing it one on one with the person and both of you all understand each other's boundaries uh, i think even very different personalities can stay and uh, finally the third point is a determination to be good at marriage relationships are hard expecting a strong relationship without treating it like a rigorous part time job is like expecting to have a great career without putting any effort uh, so what yeah. skills does someone need to learn to be good at marriage communication communication being on this list is as easy as oxygen being on a list of items you need to stay healthy and yet poor communication is the downfall of a huge number of couples in fact in a study on divorces communication style is the top thing they said they change for the next relation second maintaining equality relationships can slip into an unequal power dynamic pretty quickly when one person's mood always dictates the mood in the room when one person consistently prevail over the other when one person treats the other in a way they never stand for being treated themselves you've got a problem and the third point is the one that i really, really like and i feel like not a lot of people think about is fighting well fighting is inevitable but there are good and bad ways to fight when a couple is good at fighting they diffuse tension approach things with and genuinely listen to the other side while avoiding getting nasty personal or defensive they also fight less often than a bad couple 
according to john gottman 69% of a typical a typical couples fights are perpetual based on core differences and cannot be resolved and a skilled couple understands this and refrains from engaging in these brawls yeah um, so that having the fighting well is something that is very very important and I, not just in relationships or in like life partners but in general as well whether you talk about like family or anybody else you need to know there's so much wrong so much that can go wrong in a fight there's so many things that you can say or do and eventually if that kind of keeps building up it can ruin a very good um connection or relationship so that is something i agree with and i think the other two points that you mentioned about you know communication and uh when you said equality i think what came into my mind is um i don't think it's relevant but ego as well um if one person has an higher ego and a higher um sense sense of self worth versus the other it kind of really just ruins the dynamics of the relationship and um suppose you are having a fight and there's no communication and you're kind of just like all over the place and you are one of the people who think that okay fine i am not going to apologize or i am definitely the one who's always correct etc etc so there's so many things that can go wrong and i think all of these three things that you mentioned are very interlinked and also in sync with all the other two topics that we spoke about um, about you know you said about feeling like home even after a bad day or uh, even after a huge fight uh, if you don't feel like you know crawling into someone's bed and just existing around them uh, because that's there's always that one person you want to go back to right that's the point of a life partner you whatever you do however things go bad wherever you are in life that one person should be like the one you want to go back to so yes i agree i think these three things especially like i i as you mentioned i really like the fighting well part as well because that is important fighting is inevitable you will fight for sure it's just on how you manage those fights that matter agreed i really like this article <laughs> yeah, i think why I it think was the, sorry they were going yeah, yeah no. okay so just one more part that i would want to focus on what he says was sense of humor uh, you may find things even if the person is perfect some things will rub you off the wrong way how you pointed back to the person right you can just make a joke about it hey or maybe just use the way that they said it to you but in a in a in a very joking manner they'll realize that they did something wrong but it will not hurt them they will just make a note of it okay fine and yeah so i think sense of humor is also something i, I don't know if if we can build on it though uh, i think some people are just hilarious and uh, some people just uh, tend to take things way too personally i don't think that is something that you can change but i think this is a very nice to have in a- yeah so the first point about fighting well i think that was quite ground breaking for me because i always thought that i had to find someone that i would never fight with again this kind of ties back to movies and tv shows where when they want to show an ideal couple it shows that you know they never fight so that was something new for me and uh, to your point about humor reva i think yeah that this is one of those things which are kind of structurally there you can't really change it but in terms of humor like my style of humor is extremely sarcastic and dry and i don't really find slapstick too funny like for example if i'm sitting and someone falls off the chair i don't think i'm going to start laughing my ass off because that's funny but making a dry sarcastic comment or even dark humor i find that really funny so someone like you know sharing that is important because if the things that you both find funny are completely different as the other person will probably start getting on each other's nerves so that like i think that that point is there i know i tend to offend people with my dark humor i can make uh, <laughs> jokes about literally any <laughs> okay uh 
I think this has been a very fairly long discussion. Are there any final points, Isaac, if you want to add before we kind of close this? I would say life is small. Go for it. Any chance you get, go for it. Just get your hearts broken. Get your criteria ready and find your life partners. People, we are getting old. That's, that's what I would like to say. Yeah. Oh, the hype. I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, <laughs> very, I, I don't think I can talk Reva's <laughs> advice to people now. I think we kind of covered everything that we wanted to out of this uh, topic. But I think what Reva said is also very true. Go, get out there. Be, don't be. I think one of my favorite quotes is don't be afraid to be afraid. Like just a lot of people kind of like don't do shit because they're kind of scared of getting their hearts broken, et cetera, et cetera. Or, oh no, this is such a big deal. Life partners. Okay. Okay. I got to do this seriously. And I have to like look at the best person and find the one who matches all my criteria. And that's not never going to happen. So go find, um, figure it out. <laughs> no, settle is the last thing you should do. <laughs> go find settle. That's that's yeah. how I'm going to go. Find go settle. find if it's perfect, settle. If it's not, great. Next. <laughs> okay, bye. Move on. Thank you. Next. I don't know. This is great advice to give. Like, I'm like second guessing my <laughs> advice now. I'm like, huh, listen, this might not be the best things to say. <laughs> uh... I feel like you have to figure it out for yourself. But I, I I do think that the more you put yourself out there and the more feedback loops you kind of get to go through, uh, the better it is. It, like the idea of settling down with your high school sweetheart or just diving straight into an arranged marriage, I think both of them are extremely problematic. You should date, get your heart broken, break some hearts, rinse and repeat a few times before you finally settle down. Yeah, it might not I be... Sorry, to Ashita's in your point, like getting your heart broken, getting your filter criteria right and being scared of getting your heart broken, right? I, I have been through that. I w- used to be a perfectionist who used to feel, you know, I do everything properly. So this is my relationship. Nothing will go wrong. I'll work towards it, right? Eventually it did break. And then when I ended up reading a lot of blogs, I realized this is just a part of life. It is going to happen. So maybe when you just tell yourself that it's not you, it's not the other person, it will happen. The, the fear of it will just go away. And just to counter all of our points that, yeah, just just go ahead and do it, man. If it's going to happen, let it happen now so you can just enjoy later. Cool. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next final segment, which is a funny or insightful thing that I've read in the past few weeks. Uh, would either of you like to go first or I can because I have something funny for once. Please, 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 please go ahead. Like, this is the first time for so long one of us have a topic and I'm so excited for you. <laughs> so uh, I mentioned this in uh, in uh, our episode with Kevin that I've started reading, like rereading uh, fiction and I've started rereading James Bond novels. Is this a James Bond? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so... In the James Bond novels, uh, Ian Fleming is obsessed with, like, different characters obsessed with eating scrambled eggs, okay? Everywhere he goes, whether breakfast, lunch, dinner, he'll have scrambled eggs. Either he'll have, like, caviar and, like, really fancy things, or he'll have ordered scrambled eggs. So much so that uh, whoever was, like, proofreading the novels for Ian Fleming in the uh, 40s or 50s when it was written, he said that, you know, the amount of scrambled eggs he orders is like a security risk for him because people can just go to a restaurant and be like, is the guy eating scrambled eggs here? Oh, and man. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, I did not know this. This is a very interesting fact. Yeah. Hmm. Reva, do you have anything at all? 
and this can be like anything out of this world yeah yeah anything at all anything okay, okay. i anything i just happen. read online that humans we break our tooth and a new tooth comes in its place for sharks if their tooth breaks from the upper jaw it will just get stuck on the lower jaw and start growing from there so their teeth just are never ending it just if it just breaks from somewhere if it gets stuck to the the, the other jaw that's it if it's Wait, reverse what? or not it doesn't matter yeah that's why they have such horrid faces i was like oh it makes sense now <laughs> oh no we are body shaming sharks <laughs> okay we got that's that's quite uh, interesting that's very interesting i want to go and read about this like watch a documentary and shit <laughs> yeah that that explains a question that i wasn't thinking about but <laughs> that makes sense in fact the last the novel i was reading had sharks in it as well so like sharks it's and i see a new obsession arising <laughs> <laughs> No, in fact, ironically, this has been an obsession since 2006. Like, I got into James Bond in 2006 because I randomly bought a Williams from my place, which was from The Shell of Love. And I got really super into James Bond. I started watching the movies and reading the books. And I feel a big part of what growing up and principles of masculinity for me have come from what James Bond is. Like, like a lot of guys, but uh, yeah. Now I'm starting to see some themes and overtones of problems. that are problematic with it but it's been a big part of like who i have become uh, <laughs> that's not okay uh what else uh, final question reva uh who would you like to see featured on this podcast next? okay i nominate alien alien sing yes i got that alien all right yeah yeah that that would be interesting and uh, uh look, we look forward to having her at one yes thank you for that <laughs> All right, Reva. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a very exciting, long discussion. But like, honestly, like this this episode can pass the traffic test for me. Like, if Reva, you should take that as like the best compliment ever. <laughs> oh come on, guys! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Reva. It was all right. Yes. Good night, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Hey, um yeah.